off and the clock has started. Here we go. Greetings and welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never, Ever, Ever Get Back. I promise. You spend 20 minutes, you're not going to get them back. <laughs> My name is Doug Prezak. Thank you very much for tuning in. And let's start episode 104 with this. I am very honored to report that 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back just surpassed 10,000 downloads. <laughs> It's actually, <laughs> it's actually 10,024 to be exact. <laughs> so uh, thank you very much. It's, it's all due to you guys. I can't keep listening to these things. <laughs> also, a huge, and I mean a huge round of applause goes out to Damon from Chile. He has joined Shauna as an official supporter of this podcast. He went to buymeacoffee.com slash 20 minutes and helped me out. So a ton of thanks to you for your donation. Thank you very much, Damon. I also want to check in on something. Episode 102, you know, the friendship things. Yeah, still no one from France has listened to it. So why do I even bother? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, and I'm also going to give Iceland a break for, for a tiny bit, okay? You see, it's the annual sheep sorting season. <laughs> I'm sure that's a big deal. And you know what? It is. Here's why. Around 800,000 Icelandic sheep roam the countryside, and that's more than twice the human population there. And the sheep are mostly free range. Now, after the lambing time in May, farmers, uh, you know, turn their flocks loose to graze the highland grasses and all the berries in Iceland's interior. Then in September, there's an annual event called a reitir. This is a nationwide roundup where people on foot or ATVs or horses, they go out there and they retrieve their stock from the mountains and the valleys, all aided by sheepdogs. So this event sometimes requires like days and entire communities turn out to support all this. This tradition of gathering all the sheep is followed by sorting at the ratiers. Now, these are circular pens that have individual sections that radiate off of it. There can be as many as 50 or more individual pins off of the, the big one in the middle. Now, each section is assigned to a particular farm for their sheep. Each farm has its own earmark symbol, and the farmers and friends herd the sheep into the separate pins. The farmers stake their claim of their sheep and then celebrate with friends, family, neighbors, and visitors. It's a big old country. It's a big old country party out there with music, food, drink, and if you're ever there in September, uh, tourists are invited to join in on the fun. <laughs> but the rate here is over now, so Iceland, you really don't have any more excuses, okay? You have 20 minutes now that all the sheep are back home, okay? <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, this was uh, in the news this past week. Uh, if you're one of those uh, Tweety people, or even if you're not, you probably heard that uh, chief Twitter uh, Elon Musk there. He doesn't have enough money. We need to feel sorry for him. So he now plans on charging $8 per month for that little uh, blue checkmark verification thing. I have no idea what it is. I'm not on that twit machine. So, uh, but apparently if you want a blue checkmark, now you have to pay $8 a month for it. <laughs> well, you can rest assured, I am not planning on any payment for verification when you listen to this podcast. <laughs> I have a couple of other things to talk about before I get to the real topic of the show because they've been on my mind. A couple of days ago, I was on a major highway here in California. I was heading up north, and I noticed something on the side of the road that uh, perplexed me. Why is there always just one shoe on the side of the road? <laughs> it's 
seriously, what is going on there? Anybody else ever experienced this? You're driving along and there's just one shoe on the side of the road. Did the driver, the passenger say, you know what? I'm really kind of tired of the shoe and then just throw it out the window. (laughs) Did they decide they really don't like those shoes anymore, but they wanted to keep one just in case? (laughs) Did their foot itch and they took off their shoe to scratch it and then the shoe just flew out the window? (laughs) What? Why? (sighs) Here's another thing. I was in a, a large store today who shall remain nameless, but it rhymes with Balmart. And I heard someone ask a store person, where do you keep the whiteout? <laughs> what the fridge? There is somebody out there who still uses whiteout. Isn't that what the delete key is for? Whiteout. <laughs> Just a few things that make me go, huh? All righty. That was a, a lot of parasology. Some of you may concur. <laughs> The exercise of uh, today's topic is to provide you with a plethora of new words that you can use to impress your friends or lose your friends. (laughs) Parasology means overly wordy. (laughs) Maybe should I just name, change the name of the whole podcast to 20 minutes of parasology. (laughs) In case you're wondering, the average number of words in each episode is about 2,500. (laughs) That's not too wordy, is it? And before I get going, all of these words have been verified as real words. Uh, I checked against two different dictionaries. They may not be commonly used, but they're legit. So feel free to use them at your Thanksgiving dinner table. (laughs) But first, uh, my lawyers have asked that I include this statement. Take it away, Graham. Doug makes no guarantee that any of the words will make you sound smarter. In fact, there is a high probability that you won't get invited to the next dinner gathering. So let's get started, okay? School is now in session. Here's your first word, cattywampus. Now, you may have to be a little bit older to have heard this term. I certainly have. Cattywampus, it refers to something that is in disarray or askew, you know, kind of crooked, or something that isn't directly across from something, like two buildings across the intersection on the opposite corner from each other. That's where the term catty corner or kitty corner comes from cattywampus askew this one pretty much describes me every day bum fuzzle (laughs) this is a uh, relatively simple term that refers to being confused perplexed or flustered to cause confusion (laughs) if it helps this word uh, is derived from old english dumb foozle (laughs) don't know if that helped or not spim (laughs) s-p-i-m this word means spam Sent over instant message. <laughs> I didn't. Now, now you know. You get all those things on your on your text messages. There's a word for it. It's called spim. <laughs> you take the am out of spam, replace it with im, and there you go. You got spim. <laughs> By the way, that is just a wonderful example of a portmanteau word. <laughs> I really hope you're all writing these down and looking them up. <laughs> the next word you need to know is wabbit. <laughs> I knew I'd start laughing. I didn't want to. Wabbit. It's not referring to Bugs Bunny's nemesis, no. This is a term for being exhausted. So the next time you're you're tired, try saying, man, I am pretty wabbit at the moment. <laughs> and see all the looks you get. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of wabbit. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Impignorate. Impignorate. <laughs> I'm going to let you guess what this means. Are you thinking? you're wrong. Impignorate means to pawn something. 
So I'm going to guess the producers were correct when they decided to call that TV show Pawn Stars instead of Pignorant Stars. <laughs> it's a much fancier term. The word doesn't only mean to pawn. It also means to mortgage something, like your house. Impignorant your house. <laughs> How many times can I say impignorant? Now, this next word takes me back to uh, my childhood. After coming home from a hard night of trick-or-treating, you know, I'd dump out my hall on the floor, then have at it. <laughs> and clearly, the end result was a stomachache. Or as my mom would call it, you've got the collie wobbles. <laughs> Anybody else ever get the collie wobbles? Well, collie wobbles refers to a weird feeling in your stomach or an overall bellyache. It's a legitimate word, like after eating 12 pounds of candy. But it's going to take a dark turn here, okay? It's derived from the Latin phrase cholera morbus, meaning it came from the disease we all know as cholera. Some people still use collywobble, especially older folks, uh, and, and not even knowing you're telling your kids you've got cholera death. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, that kid song where we all fall down, ring around the rosies. That phrase is pretty dark, too. Uh, look, look that one up. Just Google ring around the rosy. Oh, boy. Now, you have most likely heard this next word, Donnybrook. Now, you most likely know today's meaning is a word for a brawl or a melee or a riot. It can also refer to an argument that uh, may turn to fisticuffs, but the word actually comes from a place in Ireland called, well, Donnybrook. Yeah, it's actually part of Dublin. The name comes from Donnybrook Fair. The fair was a notoriously disorderly event held annually from 1204 until the middle of the 19th century. Apparently, disorderly fights break out and he gets named. <laughs> well, we are going to uh, continue this confabulation after the break. I have to go fill my water bottle. I'm nowhere close to my 64 ounces of water today. And when we come back, more words and a little something extra for you. So don't go away. If mistakes make you boiling mad, liquid paper for pen and ink, photocopies, and forms offer the perfect solution. I'm still trying to figure out what you would need that uh, white-out liquid paper for. <laughs> really, it's, it's 2022. <laughs> God, I told you it's going to be a short break. All right, what do you say we get back to it? I have a few more words for you. Are you feeling educated? Remember... I'm doing this for you. I am. I want you to expand your intellectual side. <laughs> All right, next up, Billingsgate. Now, this isn't a describing some kind of political or financial scandal. The word Billingsgate is a synonym for profanity or offensive language, kind of like what I use when the Vegas Raiders blow a 27 lead and end up losing. I Billingsgate all over the place. And speaking of places, nice segue, Doug. And speaking of places, that's where this word comes from. Billingsgate was a fish market in London, England, and from its beginnings, it was notorious for the crude language that echoed throughout all the stalls of the fish market. In fact, the merchants of Billingsgate were so famous for their swearing centuries ago that their feats of coarse language were recorded in British literature. Here's another word for you. Now, the next time you're in the office, do this. Go to the copy machine and take out 24 sheets of paper. You know, size them up real neat. And then you want to walk around the office and loudly ask if anyone needs a choir. <laughs> Not the singing kind, a choir. That's what you have in your hand. Two dozen sheets of paper is a choir, Q-U-I-R-E. <laughs> I have no idea what three dozen sheets of paper are called. I, I just don't know. But two dozen, you have yourself a choir. Does something happen to you all the time? 
It does to me. I pick the wrong line in a store all the time. I pick a line, I get in it, and it comes to a screeching halt. Meanwhile, all the other lines I could have chosen are just zooming right on through. Well, the next time something happens to you that happens all the time, feel free to say, this happens to me every when. (laughs) That's right, every when. It's a legitimate word that means all the time or always. (laughs) So there you go. I humor myself sometimes. Okay, this next one is for all of you uh, social media people, the uh, ticking talkers and the tweetaholics. You can stop saying hashtag, okay? The proper word is octothorpe. (laughs) The octothorpe is believed to have been adopted by the telecommunication industry with the advent of the touch-tone dialing in the 1960s. But it remains kind of unknown exactly how the other part of the word got its name. The octo part uh, almost certainly refers to the eight points on the symbol, but the uh, thorpe part, well, that's mysterious. Of course it is. There are, of course, multiple theories, but you know what? I don't buy any of them. So yeah, we'll just say octothorpe and no one really knows why. (laughs) Warning. Improper use of the following word may result in broken relationships, a slap in the face, or even potential lawsuits. Extreme caution is advised. The word is calipigian. That's right, calipigian. Uh, Use this word when you want to tell someone they have a shapely buttocks. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Calipigian. Shapely buttocks. Unfortunately, if you say, hey girl, you're quite Calipigian, <laughs> you're probably not going to get the response you were expecting. You have been warned. Here's a great word for you, withershins. <laughs> withershins. This is another way to say something is moving in a direction contrary to the natural one. For example, moving counterclockwise is withershins. Or when you're out driving with your friends and everyone's in the car tells you to take a particular road because it's the fastest way and I... I mean, you decide to take a different road because you think it's better, and then the road turns into a gravel road, and then it's finally just a dirt road, and you're so lost in the woods that even a ways can't get you out. Well, you pulled off a total withershins. (laughs) I've mentioned a couple of times on uh, this podcast in the past that my executive producer is a runner. Why she runs? I don't know, but she does. But today, she was out fartlecking. Uh, calm down. Fartlecking is a, a training technique used by uh, you know people who are working out, but also especially runners. If you want to fartlek, all you have to do is run with a few bursts of intense effort and then loosely alternate that with some less strenuous activity. Do that and you're fartlecking. <laughs> Grow up, Doug. A Brannigan. That's a bit of 1920 slang. It refers to a bout of drinking, like when the Raiders lose. Graham, do you uh, have any comments on that one? If you must, please engage in Brannigan's responsibly. And lastly, my favorite word, which also will confirm that uh, I'm only 10 years old, it's crapulence. <laughs> Legitimate word, okay? Look it up. I'm not kidding. Crapulence. Well, crapulence is a lack of self-restraint, especially when drinking. Drinking to excess, flaunting societal norms in the face, that uh, who cares attitude, I'm having a great time, is pure crapulence. (laughs) And I suspect a slight variance of the word may also describe what happens when you finally get get home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 10. (laughs) 
and school's over. There you have it, uh, a hefty list of words that you can throw out at Thanksgiving to impress all your family and friends. Now, and speaking of Thanksgiving, before the break, I promised a little something extra for you, and I'm about to deliver. It's Thanksgiving dad jokes. (laughs) You know, jokes to lighten the mood at the Thanksgiving dinner table when someone in your family decides this is a great time to start talking politics. Just stand up and pop off one of these beauties like you're on stage at a comedy club, all right? Music, please. Why did the uh, turkey cross the road? Ah, He wanted people to think he was a chicken. (laughs) Come on, you're laughing. What kind of music did the pilgrims like? Well, duh, Plymouth Rock. (laughs) A teacher asked her students to write a composition entitled, What I am Thankful For on Thanksgiving. The students were then asked to read what they were thankful for. Johnny wrote, I'm thankful I'm not a turkey. (laughs) What smells the best at a Thanksgiving dinner? Well, it's your nose. (laughs) What do you get when you cross a turkey with a ghost? That's a poultry geist. (laughs) What do you call a turkey the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky. (laughs) Why do turkeys gobble? Well, they really never learn table manners. (laughs) Why do uh, pilgrim's pants always fall down? Well, it's because they wear their buckles on their hats. (laughs) A lady was picking through the frozen turkeys at the grocery store, but couldn't find one big enough for her family. She asked the grocery clerk, do these turkeys get any bigger? The clerk said, "Uh, no, ma'am, they're dead. (laughs) How do you win an argument with your family at Thanksgiving this year? Well, you just hit the end meeting button. (laughs) Is that too hip? I don't know. How many cooks does it take to stuff a turkey? Well, it's really only one, but you really got to squeeze them in there. (laughs) I'm killing myself here. (laughs) If the pilgrims were still alive today, what would they be most famous for? Well, (laughs) probably their age. (laughs) What can never, ever be eaten for a Thanksgiving dinner? Pretty much your Thanksgiving breakfast. And lastly, I know, lastly, you're sad, aren't you? (laughs) About two weeks into November... The head turkey turns to his second-in-command and says, I have a feeling something's going down. The farmer just unfriended me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) There you have it. That absolutely has to wrap up this episode. I have enjoyed our little confabulation, but uh, what have we learned? Well, we learned that uh, sheep sorting and counting in Iceland is a really big deal. We learned that uh, after I do my exercise workouts, I'm really wabbit. (laughs) You probably are too, especially after fart lecking. (laughs) And we learned that you should never call a woman a calipigian unless you know her very well or you want to get slapped or both. (laughs) That will do it for episode 104. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it as always. And I'll talk to you next time, whenever that is, two weeks, I guess. On 20 Minutes, you'll never get back. (laughs) Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up uh, on that Instagram machine, it's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. 
And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.